Hey everyone, it's Tuesday, July 28th, 2020. Welcome to Weigh-Ins by the Ginger and the Beard Podcast. All right, let's do this. What's up, guys? I'm AJ, a.k.a. The Ginger. And I'm Reese, a.k.a. The Beard. Welcome back to another episode of Weigh-Ins, a spinoff series of The Ginger and The Beard podcast in which we focus 100% on the happenings in the UFC. In this week's episode, we're going to recap the fight card that happened this past Saturday, headlined by Darren Till and Robert Whitaker. We're also going to talk about that questionable stoppage by Herb Dean and give our opinions on the entire incident, um, as well as some big news about the introduction of a new fight agency owned by Gary V, also known as uh, Gary uh, Vaynerchuk, good old Gary V in the in the house. Uh, yes, so uh, let's go ahead and dive into this, man. Fight night till V Whitaker. Where do we start? Well, first we start by this drinking a sip of this delicious beer. What do you got, man? I got some beer too. Mm. Made a special trip today to a local brewery, New Realm Brewing. We talked about them not too long ago, but this is the Tyrannosaurus Flex. Hey, look at that. That's cool. Dude, Hitting New Realm. T-Rex Flex. Yeah, you had their lime something. The lime. Key right? lime. Key lime, dude. It was like key yeah, lime that's right. pie. That's, that's what's right. up. This was a limited release, I think, last summer, but it actually recently won an award for the label design, and uh, they re-released it, so I snatched some of that up today. I was going to get a t-shirt. They had a super cool uh, t-shirt with the T-Rex the doing his little flex on the back of it, so I went there today, and, and they're like, yeah, it's 26 bucks, and I'm like, okay, cool. Oh. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. That's $26. A, holy crap, man. Support the cause, I guess. Yeah, man. What about you? What do you got? Well, wait. What kind of beer is that real quick? Oh, sorry. It's a uh, hazy double IPA. Nice, I didn't dude. really read much about like uh, the, the specifics about it. Maybe I'll resurface this on Friday. Maybe I'll put this up as an option for Friday show and dig a little deeper. Did you get a four-pack or a six-pack? I got a four-pack. Yep. Nice, dude. All right. 16 that's what's ounces. up. Yeah, man. It's delicious, though. We, we have to go there. We have to when I come down. Um. So I'm drinking a uh, Founders Masagave, Masagave. Right oh, there. yeah. Check them out. Another one, huh? Imperial Lime Gosa Style Ale brewed with agave aged in tequila barrels. So mm. uh, quite interesting. Good. Quite interesting, man. <clears throat> Heavy on the lime. Tastes like I'm drinking a – it's like I'm drinking a margarita mixed with beer. Oh, a beerita. It's like a beerita. It's pretty yeah. much a beerita. This is – Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's a beer. <laughs> I feel like I'm in college again for yeah, some reason. It's but it's okay. Days. It's okay. It's not not my favorite, but I got it. So we're drinking it. There you go. All right, cool. Let's get into this. Uh really quick before we before we do get into it, I apologize in advance to anybody who's listening to this and uh gets annoyed by my cough. This persistent cough has been going on for like over a week, so please just bear with us. But fight night. Darren Till versus Robert Whitaker. Man, what a night. That was a pretty exciting pretty exciting night, I would say so myself. Yeah, What'd you good, think? It was a good show, I gotta say. Um I was uh, I was entertained for most of it, you know. I don't think there was really any doll fights. Um yeah. 
you know, a lot of cool things happened, uh, some little bit of heartbreak in my opinion, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know, and, uh, the main event was, uh, a technical back and forth and, um, you know, we, we let's get into that. Let's get into that as as we go forward. But uh, I think let's 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 start off with uh, good old Fabricio versus Gustafson. Do you want to go ahead and and, and give a stab yeah. at that one? Yeah, sure. So I think for me personally, and I think for a lot of the fans out there as well, this was probably the most highly anticipated fight of the night. Um, you know, it's kind of weird not seeing Gus as the main the main event, right? Um, especially with Fabricio Verdum. Um, but they, they took the, the third slot, the number three slot. And I think everyone was in Gustafson's corner. If I had to guess, just seeing him come back, make a comeback. He's only been retired for like a little over a year. So let's not get too carried away, but just seeing him come back. Uh, I think he's been a fan favorite for a long time and come back at heavyweight moving up everything. Everybody was super curious to see what he looked like at heavyweight. So, I mean, what, what were your impressions when he came out at heavyweight? Oh man, I mean he he just looked like a bigger and better version of his of his of his prior self, you know, you could see he'd uh, definitely put on some muscle. Um you know, he just he just looked, you know, thick and uh at at 240 pounds is the official weight uh for Gustafson. That's the biggest we've ever seen him, but he didn't. Yeah. He he looked like he had the weight, but he didn't lose the speed, you know? Right. He still looked like he was popping back and forth doing his thing. Um you know, so it's just a stylistic matchup where you got a striker against a grappler, against a jujitsu uh, master. You know, in Fabricio yep. Verdum. So, yeah, I think we all knew what Fabricio was going to go for in that fight. The fight that did not last very long. Um, I, I agree with you. I think Gus looked really good. Gustafson looked super good at uh, at heavyweight. You know, he was bouncing around a lot and looked light, and you know, he was he was getting some some sticks here and there, but. You know, Fabricio not not unexpectedly went for that single leg super early on in the first round, and for a second there, it looked like Gustafson was going to hang on. Like he stuffed it for a second, gave, threw, threw down some ground and pound, you know, like in uh, while defending it. But eventually, it was too much, and um, Fabricio got him down. And it was kind of it was kind of hard to watch from that point forward. It was like clearly yeah. this is um, a little bit outmatched, but. You know, um, just just to kind of cut to the chase here, Fabricio Verdum eventually gets his back, gets gets Alexander's back, and uh, starts to set up the armbar. <clears throat> and Gus hangs on for a bit, but this is the first round. They're not even sweaty. They're not slippery yet. You know, um, he's got his full, you know, his full power, his full energy. So once he gets a hold of that armbar, I'm pretty sure Gus even tapped before it was fully extended. I think Fabricio yeah. had him laid out. And the second he started to tug on it and, and broke um, Alexander's grip, you know, once those two hands separated, I think that I think it was the left hand immediately went to the knee. Like it was no hesitation at all. It was like, OK, he's got me. Don't don't break my arm, please. Let's let's end this now. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I would have done the same thing, you know, especially with a, a guy that knows how to break your arm efficiently, you know. Yep. So, I, you know, certainly so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Gus needs to work on his, you know, takedown defense or needs to work on his jujitsu. But, you know, the same thing kind of happened in his last fight against uh, John Jones. It wasn't a submission or whatnot, but, you know, Jones just kind of took him down. And, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot of, you know, retaliation against those against that takedown. So, you know, I think we've we've seen a chink in his in his armor a little bit and he probably needs to work on that. 
you know, he certainly got the striking, but we didn't even get to see that striking showcased. So unfortunate, yeah. big fan of Gus. Hopefully he can come back and, uh, you know, make some improvements and, uh, you know, get back on that horse. Keep it going. Yeah. That's what I'm interested in seeing is, is he going to, I don't think he signed a contract, like a long-term deal or anything with the UFC, as far as I know. So I'm curious, are they going to have him back at heavyweight? Because like, like we said, he looked really good at heavyweight. We need some more contenders, obviously in the heavyweight space, because there's a, you know, a top, you know, five or six guys that are kind of uh, hogging the spotlight a little bit. So it would be cool to see him come in. And then of course, we've got the rumors of John Jones potentially looking to move up if they ever willing to, if they're ever willing to pay him to do so, so it would be cool to see a rematch with those guys at heavyweight. That would be interesting. Yeah, one thing that I want to point out is like when you move up and, and you're at like 125 pounds and you move up to 135, right? Like it's not a big difference because you're just kind of like, okay, well I don't have to cut as much this time, right? Right. Whereas if you're moving from 205 and and you move up a weight class. And let's say you just put on like 20 pounds or whatever, but you're fighting against guys that are like 265. That's like, you know, that's a, that's a 45 pound difference where, you know, it, it makes quite a, it it makes quite a difference. So, you know, anybody moving up to heavyweight is, is taking on a considerable amount of risk. Um, you know, especially against some of these guys like Verdum or, you know, think about like Nganu, man, like that's like just insane. Somebody to move up and try and fight Nganu who's, who's right. like all muscle 265 like doesn't yeah. have any fat on him 265 <laughs> no. like Not that's you fat. know that's pretty that's you know there's a that's different anyway there's a big difference absolutely I, so yeah i wouldn't mind seeing um gus come back and fight another striker i agree know? yeah yeah i agree and there's definitely some in the in the heavyweight division that would be it would be great to see him competed against so you yeah know. We'll see how they do. So moving down a weight class and up one slot in the fight card, we had two legends slug it out, literally slug it out for three rounds. Um, Shogun Hua and um, Antonio Ruggiero Nigera. I think I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, little nog. Um, yes. So obviously these guys have been around forever. We talked about it last week. I know that I was excited to watch this. I'm pretty sure you were as well. Um, you know, Shogun's still been fighting, been pretty active, but Nagero hasn't been quite as active as, as Shogun has been, hasn't fought since, uh, well, he fought in May of 2019. So I guess it hasn't been that long. Um, but it was a pretty great fight. Uh, I think, you know, this is kind of how I was expecting to, expecting it to end, uh, but it was pretty even, I feel like, you know, in the first couple of rounds, did you have any kind of key takeaways from that? Um, I just thought it was like interesting. Um, one of the commentators mentioned it. And if you go back and watch like their original fights, it's like every time they fight, it's like the same exact thing where it's like yeah. Nogueira rocks Shogun. Shogun drops down, takes Nogueira to the ground and starts ground and pounding him. Like that's yeah. like how it goes every single time. So it's like, it's like, the, just like they said, it's like, we've seen this all before. It's like, it was just a replay. Basically it's just with a, a you know, 15 year older bodies in the ring right now, rather than, you know, whatever those guys, when they were in their, you know, twenties or, or early thirties, whenever, however old they were, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to be as old as both of them are, I think Shogun's 38. I'm pretty sure Nagara's like 44, I believe. He's one of the older guys in the sport now. Yeah. They they showed incredible stamina throughout all three rounds, in my opinion. Especially that groundwork is so exhausting. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Definitely there, some there veterans. Some, 
yeah, there was a lot of good stand-up, you know, really good head head movement from Shogun in round two, throwing a lot of counter punches. He's he's obviously trying to keep it on the feet, but, you know, Nagara, I think, gets a couple of takedowns, um, if I remember correctly, in, in the second round. Um, gets knocked down, I think, actually. He got knocked down by a charge. I think if you remember, like, Nagara just kind of, like, shoulder charges him at one point and just yeah. lays him down flat, which yeah. is pretty intense. That's um, cool. I liked it. That was good. Yeah, we'll see some exactly. more of that. Shoulder shoves. But, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, like I said, I think with these guys, their age, their their stamina was pretty impressive. I think the, both these guys could still could still you know hang in hang in there with some of the younger guys that are that are at the top of the division. Obviously, Nagero kind of announced his retirement, I believe, after that fight. Yeah. Um, which forty four? I mean, what can you expect, really? That's I think he's kind of done his time, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, so, but in Shogun, I'm not sure. I don't think he actually announced any retirement, but I believe there were some some rumors, speculations that he might not be in it for much longer. Yeah, I think that's what, like, Dana's impression was, was that Shogun was pretty much going to be done after this fight as well. But, you know, he's 38. I mean, there's older fighters still doing it. And, I mean, he certainly hasn't had, you know, the same success as he had when he was in Pride or, you know, early years of the UFC um, you know, so he, but he's, you know, he's still a good fighter. Um, I don't think there's any, you know, real kind of like future for him, you know, in, in the championship arena, but you know, if he's yeah. doing it just, just for the, either for the money or just because of his love for the sport, then, you know, you know, good for him. But, you know, if he's made a, a good amount of money for himself, I don't see why I wouldn't keep, you know doing yeah. that risking life and limb for the paycheck you know i wouldn't do it yep exactly so uh so we all kind of know how it ended up shogun took the three p he got the the they fought this is the third time they fought he got the win by split decision it wasn't even by a wasn't by um unanimous decision so i think it really came it down close. to the ground and pound there was some uh there was there was some pretty vicious ground and pound by shogun and he ended up pulling that out so I think it was just really cool to see these two guys, these guys that have been around forever, just legends in the sport, kind of, you know, settle the score one last time. <clears throat> um, and just really great respect, too, at the end of the fight. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, these guys were legends, you know, props to them. Um, it was nice to see them go for it again. And, you know, um, you don't really see that very often. These guys that have been a part of the sport for over 15 years, you know, um, kind of paved the way for the helped pave the way for what we have today right mm -hmm. yeah, here we are 15, you know it's good to it, you know what's really good is to see them you know after that long you know fighting that they're in you know pretty good condition really you know they're not like oh yeah you know they're not yeah, like they're, crippled they're, or anything they're, they're out there still fighting three round fights you know that's pretty good <coughs> Right. Excuse me. There's that cough. No um, worries. <clears throat> so moving on to the last fight, this one was interesting as well. Darren Till versus Robert Robert Whitaker. A lot more at stake with this fight than any of the other fights on the card because both these guys are kind of like in this championship contender position, um, where they're 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 vying for that that shot at the title. Um, obviously, Robert Whitaker wants to get that belt back from Israel, um, and Darren Till is just trying to climb as fast as he can to to get his own shot. So. This was an interesting technical fight. I mean, it went all five rounds. 
I don't know that I was personally expecting it to at any moment. I was like just waiting for it to happen. Like somebody yeah. to land, you know, the perfect shot and just put the other person out. But it went all five rounds. And I think really the big takeaway for me was just like, these guys had so much respect for each other. And, you know, like all five rounds, they're just like feeling each other out, just being extremely cautious, not wanting to be the first to go in and then, you know, be the first to be, to go out. Um, so it was, it was very evenly matched in my opinion. I think so too. Um, it was, it was a lot of blitzes on Whitaker's end and a lot of feints on Till's end. Mm -hmm. And both of those like technical aspects were, you could see that they were, both of these guys were, you know, kind of masters in their craft, certainly. Um, you know, but as the fight went on, um, you could see that the the leg strikes, the leg kicks to Darren Till's calf. Yeah. Um, and even between rounds, you could hear him complaining that, you know, uh, he potentially was injured. I don't have confirmation on whether or not he was injured, uh, but he was just kind of saying how it was hurting him and it was preventing him from putting pressure. And, and you could see as the fight went on, he, he kind of wasn't bouncing anymore. He wasn't bouncing yep. at all. And uh, his movement was a lot slower, a lot more predictable. And, um, yeah, you know, yeah, good. No, you, I think you said it right because I actually read an article today that Till um, came out and said that his knee was blown out. I believe he said early in the second round, it was a knee stomp by Robert Whitaker, which some people think, you know, including Till himself, that that should be illegal. Um, which Till himself used against Wonderboy, Steven Wonderboy Thompson, not long ago. Um, but it was a knee stomp from Whitaker that blew out Darren Till's knee, apparently. And that kind of prevented him from moving around. He said that he had to basically try to hide it from Robert the entire time so that he wouldn't know. So he thinks he did a pretty good job. But that's why he stopped bouncing around when it wasn't as light on his feet. He did continue to faint a lot throughout the entire fight, you know, faint and, you know, try to get try to catch Robert off guard. He kind of switched up to like a counter striking uh, strategy. It seemed like just waiting for Robert to try to be first and, and then um, catch him on the, on the counter. But yeah, that, I think that had a lot to do with the fact that Darren wasn't as aggressive as we've seen him in the past. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, we had some good before that knee got blown out. You really saw some good, good stuff from till where he hit him with that elbow, right? Knocked him down. Mm -hmm. And then, I think the next round after that, we saw a knockdown from Robert Whitaker. And um, I, I think, like I kind of said for Gustafson, we we kind of see a, a chink in Till's uh, in defense where he's kind of just primarily a striker and not very well-rounded yeah. because he couldn't really do anything on the ground. He was seemed like he was really struggling. Uh, eventually did get back up to his feet. Um, I think that was in the second round. And, uh, you know, I think probably after that is, is when the – knee got blown out and um well you know the rest of the show kind of wrote itself at that point so um yep exactly i mean both these guys have i think they are matched pretty evenly in terms of height but till had the had a pretty significant reach advantage so it's hard for rob really to get in range you know even with till's knee being blown out and him not being as light on his feet like he still was able to maintain that range um and he had just a really great head movement the entire fight as well so you know, from a striking perspective, it was a lot of, you know, for the fans out there looking for a, a bloody knockout, they definitely didn't get it here, but it was extremely technical. Um, and, you know, it was a good showing, I feel like, for both for both athletes. You know, I don't really necessarily think this puts 
either one of them up for a, a title shot, you know, anytime soon. Uh, obviously, we know that Paula Costo is the one that's getting to fight Izzy next. But, you know, either way, this goes the distance. Rob gets the W by unanimous decision. Um, you right. know, <clears throat> so, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't think this really impacts either their rankings that significantly. Rob's already number, the number one contender regardless. But Izzy actually tweeted after the fight, or actually during the fight, I think. No, excuse me. It was after the fight. He said he tweeted and said that he still wants to fight till one day because his striking is so beautiful. So that coming from the mastermind himself is is pretty cool to see. Nice. Yeah, I definitely want to see that fight. I mean, I I think I said it after the fight because we were watching it and everything. I said I still want to see that fight, right? I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch against these guys at some point because, I mean, I, I personally don't think, you know, I'm not sure if Robert Whitaker can beat Izzy based on that initial performance but right i was also surprised that they didn't give him a rematch but uh you know maybe there's something about getting knocked out where it's like he just wanted to take some time off this was his first fight back and you know i think he i think he did a solid job um uh, (coughs) one of our friends was saying though that he kind of was just doing the same three moves the whole time right he would Mm -hmm. just kind of you know do a jab and then do a, a a a a sweeping right hook and then maybe throw a, a, a right kick here and there. And that was kind of all he had, you know, <laughs> the right. whole time. So I feel like that's too predictable and uh, probably should work yeah, on d- that. But interesting that you would say that because Darren actually said that he thinks Rob, that a fight with Rob is actually more challenging than a fight with Izzy. So I'm not really sure where he's coming from with that one. To be honest, I think that, you know, I don't know that there's another fighter in the sport right now that matches, you know, with Israel's striking capabilities. I think he's the best striker that's in the sport right now. If you had to, if I had to, you know, pick one person. Um, so I'm not really sure where he's coming from with that one, but I think I, I would love to see that one day. Hopefully, you know, Till kind of works his way up, but you know, I'm, I'm personally just really excited still about this, the Paulo Costa fight to see how that plays out, you know? So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I want to see how <clears throat> Izzy can handle, a guy like Paulo Costa, who's just a, a nightmare. I feel like for anybody, <laughs> a freak of nature. Yeah, 100%. man. Definitely. So that was, that was the fight night recap. Like I said, it was a, a lot of interesting fights, a lot of like nostalgic sort of, you know, heart, good, good feelings in your heart sort of fights, like emotional investment. I feel like, you know, with, with Gustafson's return, the legends Shogun and, and Iguero. Obviously there's a lot of fights we didn't talk about. We, we could talk forever about the entire card, but we don't, we kind of want to focus on the, the main three, but yep. I think there was actually some controversy earlier than the night. Um, the last fight of the prelim card. And if you guys haven't heard about this one yet, uh, kind of a kind of took, took the sport by storm. I feel like this has been like all over the headlines for the last few days. Um, so I think I'll just kind of break it down really quick and then I want to get into like our, our thoughts and opinions on this. And we also have some input from our, from our audience as well on Instagram. They kind of weighed in on this a little bit as well. So yeah, the last fight of the prelims before this fight night, uh, main card, Francisco Trinaldo versus Jai, I think I'm saying his name, right? Jai, J A I Herbert. Um, so it was in the third round by the numbers. It looked like to me, Jai was losing the fight. To be honest with you guys, I didn't watch this fight live, so I can't say for sure but 
The controversy comes three and a half minutes into the third and final round. So if you guys watch this clip back, you can find it, you know, on whatever media site you want to look at. Um, Francisco Trinado lands a powerful, I think it was an overhand hook, overhand right or left, I believe, uh, to the top of Jai's forehead. I mean, it almost just slipped off the top of his forehead, but it was just one of those shots where something at that moment was just right where that kind of just put him down on his butt, right? So he falls backwards. You can kind of see it in the picture here. He falls backwards. He lands and sticks his hand like immediately in the air. You know, he's got one of his, he's got his left knee here. It looks like raised up his hands in the air. Um, and then, you know, Trinado kind of hesitates. He's like, all right, it looks to me like I knocked him out. I'm waiting for Herb Dean to kind of step in. He's the ref in the fight and stop it. Um, but, Herb Dean actually signals like, Hey, continue, like keep, let's keep going. Um, and then Trinaldo kind of, uh, approaches and lands three more shots from the top standing up like that. And then you've got Dan Hardy, former UFC fighter. He might still be active. I'm not sure to be honest. Uh, he's no. actually working the commentator booth and he's literally yelling into the arena, yelling into the octagon, stop the fight, stop the fight. Um, and you guys have to remember, this is an empty arena, so this is extremely loud and distracting for Herb Dean for the fighters. Um, and then after that, the fight is stopped. Herb Dean stops it after I think three more punches. But then later on, Dan Hardy like berates Dean um, for not stopping that fight after Jai Herbert had fallen to his back. So this is where the controversy kind of starts. So I, I want to open it up to you, man, and see what is your what's your opinion here. Was that a late stoppage or was that the right decision? Um, I mean, I I am going to side with Herb Dean on this one because, like, the guy's eyes were open. He's, like, looking at the other fighter and he's got his hand in the air, which is a sign that he's defending himself, right? Right. And so I'm pretty sure Herb Dean took those visual cues and was like, okay, this guy's not 100% out. He's still kind of defending himself. Let's see. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, benefit of the doubt, and see what happens next. Well, we know what's hap- what happened next, and the fact that he was like he had his hand in his air, in the air, but he wasn't like actually defending himself, right? Um, once right. the guy started punching him, he noticed that, and he said, "Oh, okay, this guy's actually out. Let me stop the fight." So I think that he made the right decision. I think that Dan Hardy yelling into the ring like that is like completely unnecessary, uncalled for. Yeah, you're not in the ring. You're not the referee. You're not an officiate um, by any means. Nor have, nor do I believe you've ever been an officiate. You've been a fighter, yes, but they have certain rules and they have certain things that they go by, right? So it's like for you to try and tell him how to do his job. First off, I think it was unprofessional for him to yell into the ring like that as yeah. a UFC commentator. You don't want to, you don't want, you shouldn't be doing that. I don't think, unless you're trying to do some kind of WWE stuff. And if that's the case, then no thanks. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's just not his place to be telling Herb how to do the stuff. Herb's there. He's he's right next to these guys. He's he's looking out for these guys. We know Herb Dean's a good judge. He's done. He's made some good. St- you know he's made some good decisions in in the past so it's like oh my gosh yeah you know um it was just weird i'm on i'm on his side and you know well take a look at our instagram right (laughs) yeah the the people have spoken you guys can see it there on the screen if you're not if you're listening in your car we've got a we've got an image up right now uh we put a poll out on instagram was the stoppage late or not there's a picture of herb and 
and the two fighters as he's about to call the fight. 85% of the people who voted said no, it was not a late stoppage. And 15% of the people said yes. So I think that ended up working out to like over 20 people said no, it was not late. And less than five people said yes, it was late. Um, Obviously, that's not a giant pool of uh, people, but that kind of gives you an idea of where people's opinions are. Which is actually interesting, interesting because after, you know, that entire night while the main card's playing out after that fight, you know, that's kind of all you saw on Instagram or, or wherever you get your, you know, UFC news from. Everyone was chiming in saying that that was a late stoppage. But to your point, Dean, uh, Herb Dean is, is probably one of the, the, the most widely recognized um, UFC referees to date. He's won UFC Referee of the Year from Fighters Only Magazine one, two, three, four, five, six times at the time of this writing. It's looking, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2018. Um, referee of the, of the Year. He's got his own podcast where he, he, he actually teaches refereeing. Like, you know, he, he's been on the, you know, he's been asked multiple times, did the, have other referees made the right decisions, kind of gave his opinion and gave his you know, sort of um, logic behind why a stoppage is made and why it's not. And like you said earlier, uh, Jai Herbert, he's on the ground. Yeah, obviously he got rocked, right? But what? how many fighters haven't been rocked? You right. know, you lose consciousness. I mean, there's even something called a flash knockout. You get knocked out for, you know, a split second. You come back to maybe even before you hit the mat. Um, and you're able to kind of regain your consciousness and, you know, continue on, continue fighting. Maybe that's not the most healthy idea for a fighter, but that's just the way it is. Um, you know, so he's in that case, to me, it looks like he's giving Jai Herbert the benefit of the doubt. Like he's obviously aware that Jai just got rocked, but he's given him a chance to recover his hands in the air, his knees raised, his eyes are locked on Francis- Francisco. He knows where his opponent is at. You know, he's making an attempt to defend. So why would he stop the fight at that point? Right. Right. Um, you know. So, you know, I, I think my, my kind of take on it was, like, there's just a losing situation regardless. Like, if let's just put Dan Hardy in Jai Herbert's place. If that's Dan Hardy on his back and his hands in the air like that, and Herb Dean calls the fight, you know, we'll have another situation where these people are like, that was an early stoppage. You should have given him a chance to recover. He was clearly alert, right? You know, right. so they would have gotten mad about that. So, um, and I'm clearly not the only one that thinks that, you know, big John McCarthy actually is a, I believe, retired UFC um, re- uh, referee. I think he might referee in a different promotion at this point. I think he does for Bellator, actually. Okay. So, obviously, he's been around maybe even longer than Herb Dean, but he actually has his own podcast, which, ironically enough, I did not know this. Maybe we should have done a little bit more research. <laughs> Big John's podcast is called Weighing In. Uh, so, slight difference. <laughs> slight difference. We're good. We're in the clear. But- Come, come at me, Big John. Come at me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, please, don't come, please don't come at me. Where's that copyright at, Big John? Where's it at? Um, I think, I think you know, next to, to Herb Dean, like Big John's probably one of the most widely renowned referees out there. And he actually, on his podcast, says that it was a lose-lose situation. I'm reading word for word here. It was a lose-lose situation because Trinaldo hesitated. He goes on to say later that the fact that Dan Hardy is friends with Jai... Okay, so let's keep that in mind. Friends with Jai. He likes him. He watches him fight in England. Dan Hardy's also from England. He got all upset because his guy took extra shots. And okay, but if Dan Hardy was the guy that got hit and went down and someone stopped it, he'd be standing up like Dominic Cruz. You stopped it too soon. You yep. can't win, right? This is a lose-lose situation. 
you know, just like the Dominic right. Cruz incident. So, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Like, that's exactly it, dude. That's exactly it. Where you got fighters that, you know, they, they don't know what's best for them. Right. They don't really know what's best for them. So they'll they'll be like, oh, you should have let me be rocked for like another 20 minutes and, (laughs) you know, keep getting slammed in the brain um, because I was going to recover and I was going to come back and win that fight. And it's like, okay, really, dude, really? Um, You know, so Herb's looking out for these guys. Right. He's trying to he's trying to play that that balancing act where it's like, okay, on one hand. Let me give this guy the benefit of the doubt because he might not be completely out. He's got his hand in the air. He's probably just defending himself. Let's see what he can do. And on yep. the other side of it, it's like, okay, but I got to make sure that, you know, I stop this fight as soon as I understand 100% that this guy is knocked out and he cannot defend himself. That's what right. it's all about. Can he defend himself? He looks like he can defend himself. Oh, shit. He got hit in the head th- three more times. Doesn't look like he can defend himself. Let's stop. <laughs> Let's step in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the part that kind of annoyed me too is like looking at looking at how some of people reported this. This is my this is my pet peeve about the media in any in any situation. Um and we're not going to get started on this rant cuz I can go on for a long time, but um <laughs> <clears throat> just the way people report it, they're like, "Oh, he allowed he allowed Jai Herbert to absorb so much more damage that could have been life-threatening. It could have been, you know, detrimental to his career and all this bunch of crap." And I'm like, "Dude, oh he God. he let he let Trinaldo come in and throw three medium strength punches, you know, three right. more just to make sure they weren't that bad. Like they, he didn't absorb that much extra damage. Okay. Like yeah. Trinado already hesitated to even approach him after he went down. Yep. So once he did, once he did throw three more punches, do you think those are like full power punches? No, they definitely weren't. No, no. So like, they were like guys, check punches. Yeah. People are just, just over exaggerating here. And, you know, anyways, so I, I think the moral of the story is I, I 100% agree with you. I think Dan Hardy was extremely out of line on that, especially in the situation that you're in right now where there's so much silence in the arena. And, like, you know, you can't yell into the octagon and distract the referee from what he's trying to. He's 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 making 100 decisions in his head at any given moment. Yep. Um, and you yelling into the octagon is not helping the matters at all. Um, no, it's not. You know, and then after that, I think Herb Dean actually said something like Dan Hardy put on his Superman shirt. There's a, there's an image out there of like, it shows the two, you know, well, not really the two Dan Hardy kind of like com- almost coming over the plexiglass barrier, that barrier that they have set up at the table, like yelling at Herb Dean's in Herb Dean's face about the situation. Um, uncalled for dude. Just so, so uncalled for. So what, uncalled for. <laughs> you know, what have been really funny is what if, what if Herb Dean listened to Dan Hardy and stopped the fight and then this guy just like got up and was like, what do you mean? Yeah. No, I was fine. I yeah, was exactly. absolutely, you know, but exactly. whatever. Yeah. So funny enough, Dan, I don't know if you guys know this, but Dean Herb actually, or Herb Dean, Dean Herb. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Herb Dean actually used to be an MMA fighter. He he did have like five professional fights, I believe. Um, right. And he didn't continue on with that career very long after, after he realized he wasn't as good as it, good at it as he wished to be. But um, so maybe we should put Dan Hardy and Herb Dean into the ring and let him sell the score. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do this exhibition style. Yes. Yeah. Let's see what happens, man. No, oh, I, don't boy. Good, I don't think that's a good idea for Herb Dean because I, I think Dan Hardy's still pretty good. But yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. So that's that. 
that's that. You guys tell us what you think. Obviously, we had a vote, a poll up, but let, you know, reach out, leave a comment here. What's your opinion on the matter? We kind of are interested in hearing what you guys think about it, um, and we can continue to kind of monitor the uh, feedback from from the various outlets and report back on if anything changes. I guess the the one last you know parting note on this is that um, Dave Shaw, who's actually the UFC senior vice president of UFC senior vice president has made a statement that the yelling incident from Dan Hardy is actually going to be investigated, you know, I guess by the UFC. So um, hopefully he, you know, I, I, I don't wish anything bad against Dan Hardy, but, you know, somebody kind of needs to tell him that that's not okay and he, he can't do that again moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that's best course of action, I think, right? Yeah, for sure. So, all right, should we move on? We got a couple more, a couple more stories here to cover. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we got we got a couple minutes uh, to go over these, so let's go ahead, man. So tell me, tell me about Gary V. Yes, so Gary V. If you guys don't know who Gary V. is, you've probably been living under a rock, but just go look him up. Pretty cool dude. He's a pretty prolific figure in like social media and advertising and sports, and he's a giant New York Jets fan. Oh wow, that's kind of funny. I said giant New York Jets fan. I didn't even mean to do that. Um, anyways, he owns a company called Vayner Sports which is a, uh, you know, part of his uh oligopoly, I guess. I don't know what you call it, his giant enterprise of companies. Um but they I think they have a football division and now they also have a combat and action sports division. Um and essentially they're a new management company in in the industry and they've brought on a bunch of big name fighters out of the gate. I thought it was worth mentioning. So they've signed you guys let us know. You've heard any of these names before? Tony <laughs> Ferguson, Colby Covington, Uriah Faber. <laughs> yeah, who are those guys? Um, you know, this next one, I actually don't know this name. Maybe you do. Lloyd Pearson? Familiar with him at all? Um, Lloyd Pearson? I don't. I thought that they, that I, I didn't think that they were a fighter. I thought that they were a manager. Was a like a famous manager? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah, maybe. he's a. Uh, um, yeah, he's. I don't think he's a fighter. I'm. I'm pretty sure. Well, I could be wrong, but I, I think that he's a manager. Okay. Yeah, it could be because it says here that he's bringing with him <coughs> a lot of fighters from the Balangi Group. I think that's how you say that, Balangi, which is his previous firm. So maybe he was a manager at that firm. But those fighters, also some more, some more big names that you might be familiar with, Chris Weidman. Eddie Alvarez, Curtis Blades, and Vitor Belfort. So some of those guys, oh, actually all those top three guys, Chris, Eddie, and Curtis, or actually the top two guys, Chris, Eddie, and actually Vitor, they're both kind of, you know, uh, a little bit past their prime, but still big names in the industry, in the sport. Curtis Blades, obviously an active heavyweight contender. Um, so out of the gate, that's a that's a long list of names of, of big deal fighters who are leaving their current management groups uh, to, to sign on with Vayner sports. Yeah, man. Um, they're making some moves for sure. I did look up Lloyd Pearson. He was a, uh, he's an old white guy. He's not a fighter. <laughs> yeah. White so, guy. yeah. So he, um, you know, he's a, he's a sports uh, manager. Um, okay. <clears throat> you know, that, that, you know, help has been helping out a lot of people. So yeah. Um, very cool. You know, um, Sorry about that. Uh, one of our things that has been kind of a recurring topic is fighter pay and 
you know, kind of mistreatment and whatnot. So to see a guy like Gary V get in the get in the the ring, <laughs> punny pun, um, <laughs> is uh, is good news in my opinion. Uh, you know, cause he's a negotiator, man. He's, he's a good talker and I don't know if he's going to be the one doing it directly, but if it's people under him, well, then he's trained them and they probably have the same skill set. So anything that's going to get these fighters paid more, I'm okay with, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. And so Sarah Zimanek, man, these last names are so challenging. Sarah Zimanek, I think is how you pronounce it, is also coming from the balance sheet group. And she's the one that's going to handle the day-to-day management of the fighters. And, and to what you were just saying, to that point, the overall goal, as they've stated for the new agency, is to get these fighters the same fights and benefits enjoyed by other professional athletes. Um, you know, they went on to say something, a quote from a quote from uh, one of these folks is, has said that, that you know, the UFC is a growing industry, a growing sport, and our job is to ensure that the athletes share in that growth. So essentially they were saying, like, the fighters are the ones who are showcasing their skill set, their talents, and are driving the growth of the sport, and the fighters should also be sharing in that growth. So I think that goes to exactly what you were just saying. Like, you know, they're trying to get these fighters what they actually deserve. So that'll be cool to see if anything actually changes in that in that regard. Yeah. Oh, good, man. Good. That's great news. Yes, yes. Any more any more promoters out there, managers out there, hop on board with Gary V, man. <laughs> Go help these fighters out, dude. Help them out. Get these guys paid. Gary V is like a fireball of energy, too. I want to see him like in the corner of somebody. I want to see him behind Tony Ferguson. He comes up there with his like little his little New York accent and is like he's <laughs> trying to like hype up Tony Ferguson. And he has yeah. like the he's like the filthiest mouth on the planet too, so it's just like <laughs> I want to see that negotiation room with him and Dana and like whoever else is going to be in there, right? Yeah, negotiating yeah, exactly. fighter pay that's going to be heated. And right? he's also he's also got like his own like K Swiss sneakers. So like if the if the UFC does allow the fighters to like get their own sponsors now, like just imagining them all wearing like K Swiss shoes on the way out, like these shoes oh, nice. that haven't been cool since like middle school. What? Um, They're not cool anymore? No, I'm oh, just kidding. dang. Sorry, I forgot you wear case <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> oh, man. That's rough. I used uh, to, though. I did, too, man. I did, too. <laughs> Good old white, blinding white shoes. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Gary um, Vee's still, still rocking them case Hey, but, man. Uh, taking it home. That's okay. <laughs> So moving on from that, we got some pretty good news here too. Khabib and Justin Gaethje, the bout has officially been announced. It's been rumored for a long time now, but it's officially been decided that October 24th is when they're going to make this, this, they're going to make this title fight happen. Who's got the real belt. Um, Will Justin raise up the actual belt instead of throwing the interim belt to the ground. Um, (laughs) But more so importantly than that, I feel like Khabib has actually said that his plan is to retire 30 and 0. So that essentially means he's got two more fights. So this title fight with Justin. And then after that, Dana's actually made a statement saying that if that's the case, Khabib can pick whoever he wants for his last fight, even if it's GSP. Because I believe there's some, you probably know more about this than I do. Um, They've tried to make that fight before, I think. And Dana White has kind of shut it down, it sounds like. Um, But now they're, you know, he's kind of opening it up and saying, if that's what they want to do, then then we'll do it. Yeah, he didn't want GSP coming in, winning, and then vacating the belt again. (laughs) Because every time he does that, he just, like, messes everything up. Um, So that's why, you know, they couldn't really come to terms on that prior. So 
Um, but yeah, like like you said, you know, Dana just came out and was like, you know what? If it's his last fight, thirty and zero, we'll give him whoever he wants, whoever he wants. You know, but right. that's sad, dude. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see another great fighter like Khabib. Ah oh, man, I don't know. This is me being selfish, just because I, I want to watch him <laughs> fight more. But Dana's probably thinking, okay, well, this guy's just going to dominate for like ever. So, and we can't really. Nobody wants to fight him, and it's hard to make fights with him because he's from Russia. And yeah. so Dana's probably like, all right, well, let him retire, and uh, you know, let's keep the train going. <clears throat> right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think a lot of this spurs off of like you know the. Khabib's, I think, passion for MMA, UFC, came from his dad. And I think, you know, without being able to train with his dad, I don't think he has the same heart in it, you know? So, yeah, I think that's where a lot of this kind of spawns from. But, you know, why not? I guess it's it'd be kind of cool for him to retire on top, 30-0, and 0, with, like, the best record ever. But, um, you know, it is, like you said, it is kind of a selfish selfish desire to have him stick around you know yeah well yeah good for him if he wins this fight against gaethje but i'm not i'm not saying he's gonna win that fight dude my money's on gaethje dude bring it home bring it home gaethje let's do it i i i feel like i've said this before on the show but i'm just like I, i can't imagine being in in this division you know uh what it's lightweight right yeah lightweight um, and then Khabib retire, especially like Tony Ferguson. I imagine Tony Ferguson, they've tried to make this fight like five, literally five times. And then Khabib retires before they ever actually get to, to, to go, to go toe to toe. Right. You know, or even being like the number one contender in the lightweight division, you know, like Justin Gaethje or somebody like that. Um, you never actually get to beat the guy who is the best lightweight in the world. Like he just retires. And then even if you do go on to win the belt, like in the back of your head, I feel like you'd have to be like, yeah, I got the belt, but like, I never actually beat the best guy. Like that would be a, such a, a shitty feeling. I feel like, yeah, I don't, f- I just feel like there's like bad juju on that. Tony Ferguson Khabib fight, dude. Cause I mean, <laughs> like they tried making it again and, then COVID came around. It's like, it's impossible, dude. It's impossible. Right. right. But I, I agree with you that, you know, it would, it would, it would, I don't know. I don't know if it would haunt him. I don't know if he really cares, but I kind of feel bad for Tony. I feel bad for Tony more so than anything. Cause it's like, he, he had his chance like six, five, six times. And yeah, every time, like something just unfortunate happened. <laughs> Coronavirus. Yeah, dude. It's going to happen this time. It's going to happen this time. Nope. National pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Son of a. <laughs> it's just not supposed to happen. Yeah. It's so weird. Cursed from the beginning. Yeah. So, so with that said, we got some other news from Dana White, right? Yeah, we do, actually. Um, so, you know, um, Volkanovsky versus Holloway. Number three. What do you guys think about that? Oh, my God. Okay, let me – hold on. Dana White said it's hard not to consider booking a third fight between them. Whoa. And I'm going to paraphrase this real real quick. He said, well, Calvin <laughs> Qatar just fought, so they can't make that fight. Yair, yep. Yair Rodriguez has a fight coming up, so they can't do that one. Korean Zombie has a fight coming up. Can't do that one. Ortega and Zabit, I believe they're fighting, so you can't do that oh. one. Um, he said Ortega and Zabit. I think that implies that they're fighting, but I don't know exactly. 
Um, so he said all of these guys are going to fight in the next couple months, right? So uh, I don't know who Ortega and Zavid are fighting uh, off the top of my hand, off the top of my head. So they're all going to be fighting. He said it's hard not to say um, that we can't, you know, that we can give Max a rematch for that fight again. So he's saying like he could see it happening. Do it a third time. I think uh, all the fans in the media would agree uh, with that. So he says, uh, I'm sure Volkanovski doesn't love that idea. Uh, you know, listen, I beat that. He's saying from like Volkanovski's point of view, it's like, hey, I beat that guy twice. Uh, the people that are assigned to judge the fight say I won twice. Uh, so if you're Vol- Volkanovski, you know, it's like, I get it. It's like probably not what he wants. And he probably wants to look at a different guy. Yeah. Um, but Dana also said that he hasn't talked to Volkanovski about it yet. So I don't know, man. Kind of weird if they would book that fight again after two back-to-back, you know, wins over Holloway. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think the fans would be very happy about it. I mean, I kind of get where he's coming from. Like, who else are you going to make? I don't, I don't know what he's saying about Zabit and Brian Ortega because I, I just looked it up. I don't see any fights coming up for those guys. Maybe there's something Maybe that has, it's not been announced. Been announced. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that yeah. would make sense to have those guys go at it. I would I would like to see Brian Ortega defeat Zabit. I just don't think Zabit has what it takes to beat Alexander Volkanovsky. I could see a matchup between Ortega and Volkanovsky um, way before I could see you know, a matchup between Zabit and Volkanovsky. So, I don't know. I, I kind of see where he's coming from. You know what fight I think, I think they should make is that volkanovsky Sahuto fight. <laughs> I think so too, man. I would love to see that fight, but if Cejudo won, it would just put the division in a weird spot where it's like, yeah, you know, is he going to defend? Is he going to vacate? Like, I don't think Dana really wants to entertain that idea. So true. He's, you know, he's probably going to try and make this fight again because it was, I, I feel like it was probably a very profitable fight for them. And um, they like that idea of, of doing number three. Yeah, but. for sure. I mean, Max Max brings in the money, I'm sure. So, yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see what they decide. Yeah, I personally think Max should probably go win win another fight first, and then and then come back. Um, yeah. I got one final uh, bit of news, uh, real quick, uh, and uh, let me share uh, Kazmat uh, Chimeyev. Uh, you guys probably have heard of him recently. Um, his request to fight in August. He's got another request to fight. Um, and Dana says, I'll get him what he wants, man. He said he's going to get him what he wants. So uh, twice, uh, Kazmat, uh, Kamzat, I think is how you say it, Kamzat, uh, has requested a quick turnaround uh, from the UFC. And uh, twice he'll be granted that opportunity, according to Dana. So um, uh, Chimeyev's 2-0 uh, uh, in the UFC now. After his most recent fight, he made his promotional deb- debut Wednesday, July 15th. Uh, he defeated John Phillips and uh, dominated John Phillips, essentially. And then uh, Saturday, this past Saturday, um, what was this past Saturday? The 24th, right? 25th, 25th. 25th, right? So, like 10 days, they say 11 days. 11 days after that fight, he went on and fought um, Reese McKee uh, and knocked him out. You know, finished him in the first round. Yeah. Um, and he's the first fighter in the modern UFC era to win two fights in 11 days. That's pretty crazy. That's insane, dude. Yeah. That's and so insane. now, now we're, we're, I mean, we're almost into August, dude. We're like four days out, three days out from August. And he's talking to Dana saying, hey, dude, I haven't taken any damage. No one's even touched me. I've just been <laughs> dominating these guys. Give me another fight. And Dana's like, sure, man. 
Let's yeah. do it. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I think it's. I think I read it was like 15 days. Like he would have 15 days from now to prepare for that fight. Um, I mean, I guess damage is one thing, but it's like, how do you train for these people? I mean, most people like I, the stuff that I've listened to with some of these fighters, where they bring in people who match their opponents' like fighting style to spar with for like months on end mm-hmm. um, before their fights. This guy's just like, yeah, whatever. Who? It doesn't matter who it is. Just give me somebody else, man. Um, and dude, he's like so. He's very <clears throat> skilled, man. He's just. It's dominating. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if he wins three fights in a row in less than a month's time, like he's a, he's a legend already. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man. So I can't wait to see what comes up next for, for him. Pretty yes. exciting. Yep. Yep. All right. So I guess that kind of rounds out our news, you know, for, there's a lot, dude, there's a lot going on like in the sport in the, over the last three or four days, you know, it's been, We've talked about this Friday, so it's only been like three days since we talked about UFC last, and I feel like all this stuff has just come out at one time, so lots of stuff Good. to be excited about right now. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was like a lull like one or two weeks ago where there wasn't like really anything to talk about as far as UFC goes, and then all of a sudden there's just like yeah. tons of stuff going on, which is really cool. Influx. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So um, our, we're going to make our head, our head, jeez, let me stop. Oh my gosh. We're going to head into our predictions segment of the show. Not really predictions, but previewing the upcoming fight night, uh, which is on Saturday. They're going back to Las Vegas, back to the Apex Arena. Derek Brunson versus Edmund, I'm going to butcher this last name, Shabazi, Shabazian. Shabazian? That sounds good. Shabazian. Shabazian. I think we can agree to that. Yeah, Shabazian. Let's Edmund do it. Edmund Shabazian. Believe it or not, he's an American mixed martial artist, so... You know, Shabazzian. All right. Anyways, uh, Derek Brunson. I feel like we all kind of know who Derek Brunson is. This is a middleweight matchup. Derek's ranked number eight in the middleweight division. Edmonds ranked number nine. Derek's been around for a long time now, and he's a he's a KO specialist. If I had to, you know, pinpoint him down, he's a knockout specialist for sure. He's got five first round knockouts since his debut in the UFC in 2012, and he's ta- he's faced off with some top talent over his career. You know, he's beat, he's defeated Leota Machida in 2017, but he's lost to some of the contenders, some of the current contenders in the middleweight division, including Adesanya, Romero, and Robert Whitaker. He's lost all three of those guys. Um, so, but I mean, if you watch any of his highlight videos, the guy's nasty, man. Like he's got leg kicks. He's got, he's got, um, you know, some powerful hands. He's definitely a knockout specialist, like I said. Um, but then you look at Edmund. This is Edmund's fourth fight in the UFC. He's only 22, I believe. He's a pretty young guy, but he's making his way up. I mean, he's already number nine in the division. He's making his way up extremely fast. Um, his last three fights have been wins, all in the first round. So he's oh, got nice. two knockouts and one submission all in the first round. But this is definitely going to be his biggest challenge so far with Derek Brunson. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely interesting. Yeah, I think... Uh... You know, Derek was like, well, I'm not going to be the, the gatekeeper for this guy. I'm going to, you know, but I think Derek's kind of turning into a gatekeeper because, I mean, his last couple of fights, dude, he kind of just like gets hit a little bit and then he kind of like just curls up and then they just give him a, then they just like stop the fight because he's like not defending himself. And it's like, I just don't think that Derek has a whole lot of heart um, compared to some of these other fighters because the way that the way that he's been losing lately. <laughs> So it's like if he doesn't go out there and like beat somebody right away, 
then I don't know, man. There's like something, there's like something weird going on there. But uh, yeah, that's those are my thoughts. Do you got anything else? No, not necessarily. I mean, he did beat his last fight was Ian Heinish, uh, which I think Ian Heinish actually follows us on Instagram. Actually, inter- interesting fact. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> pretty cool. But um, Ian Heinish is kind of a newcomer to the UFC and pretty promising as well. But he looks like he got beat by Derek Brunson in, in a decision, round three decision. Um, Derek also beat Elias Theodoro. I don't know who that is. Maybe that was another kind of a gatekeeper fight. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I remember that fight. So, yeah, he's got he's coming off of two wins. But to your point, before that, he lost to Adesanya. He lost to Jacare Souza. Um, you know, he's, he's, he lost to Anderson Silva back in 2017. Obviously those are all big names. So, I mean, what can you say really? Right. But yeah, I, I, I kind of hear, I kind of hear what you're saying as far as like Derek Brunson kind of becoming that kind of gatekeeper for the middleweight division. And you hate to kind of see him fall into that category because he definitely does have a lot of talent. So I'll be pulling for him, I guess. I kind of tend to pull for the veterans of the sport when these new like UFC guys come in and they have a lot of hype behind them. I tend to pull for the uh, the vets. I don't know why. I don't know why that is, but that's just yeah. how I am. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, I think um, I think it'll be interesting. Let's let's see how it goes. Uh, so um, I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. And uh, you know, while we're wrapping up, I just want to remind you guys to follow us here on Twitch. If you like what you're seeing, uh, subscribe on YouTube and also subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Uh, if you really want to help us grow, share this with some friends, man. Definitely. Tell your other UFC uh, fanatics um, to come check us out. Leave your opinions. Um, engage with us. We'll engage back. You know, leave some comments. As always, we appreciate your support. And we're glad you are here. Uh, please don't forget to check out our new uh, forum thread. Make sure to go to our website. Um, I think it's thegingerandthebeard.com. Just pretty easy. Yeah, and man. uh check out our forums uh you can engage with us, with us there uh tell us what you think about that stoppage what was your thoughts on that what do you think about Derek brunson is he a gatekeeper or not and uh what about the future of um robert whitaker do you think he'll he'll go back and make a another uh title run or you know what do you think is going to happen there let us know your thoughts yes absolutely you said it all man thank you guys so much for being here, for checking us out. And like you said, the most important thing you guys could do is just share this with somebody that you know loves the sport as much as we do and as much as you do. Um, and we look forward to talking to you guys on Friday for our next regularly scheduled episode. And we'll see you guys then. Peace. Bye-bye.